Hello and welcome to episode 970 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Friday, August 20th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I am well. How about yourself? Good. I'm recording from my actual office at my actual job. So. Yeah, li- live from work. This is uh, it's seeing you seeing you dressed up, looking fancy. Yeah, this is a different experience, uh, but one that I assume will be happening more often as, uh, as things start getting back to normal. True, true, absolutely. Well, it's uh, good that that you can do it. You know, do this while while at work, but uh, we won't take too much of your time. We don't want you to get into any sort of any sort of trouble. So let's dive right into the news. Got plenty of it today. Put a couple guys in focus and see where we finish up. Uh, Byron Buxton's going to start a rehab on Friday. And, you know, obviously folks have been waiting for him now for quite a while. He last played June 21st, so literally about over two months by the time he gets back. Um, first off, how optimistic are you that he gets back? Because Minnesota is also terrible. So, you know, anything happens on the rehab, he could be shut down. So I guess what's kind of your uh, – what's, what's kind of your – confidence rate that uh, that Buxton gets back in, you know, a couple weeks. I'm pretty confident he gets back. Uh, I, I don't think that he would be uh, shut down. I, like, I know you said, like, the, the twins are out of it. They don't care about this year. They care about the future. They also are shopping him. Uh, you That's know, true. They, yeah. They've been trying to they've been trying to get a long term contract extension worked out with him. It doesn't sound like he is interested in that. Uh, at least with the twins. And so there's been talk that they could move him because I believe he's a free agent after next season. Uh, so yeah, uh, 2023 is his, his last or is uh, his year free agency year. So I think they want to show that he's healthy. Um, and if he can get back on the field and get back to kind of competing at the level that he was, he's going to have a lot of value at the, you know, in the off season uh, for teams looking for, you know, kind of a rental type player. So I think Buxton could be uh, kind of pushed a little bit more than I think normally would, given the kind of end of the season's coming up. Yeah, I think that's really interesting to point out the uh, you know the fact that they were in trade talks for Buxton. Like you said, perhaps they want to push forward with everything uh, in terms of getting him back and showing that he's good to go, so that they can facilitate that move. So I think that's a good call. Obviously. The fact that uh, the fact when he comes back, putting him right in uh, in every lineup, no matter what, and hopefully that is sooner than later. So that's just a little Buxton update. Uh, Freddie Peralta goes to the IL with shoulder inflammation, but me thinks it was just innings management. I'm not saying he doesn't have any shoulder inflammation, but I feel like if there was a different situation. And like they desperately needed him, and it wasn't coming off a COVID year where he only threw 29 innings. I think he'd still be pitching. Um, mm. Did you watch the game where he was lifted? I did not. I mean, he batted. Like, why? Why would he bat? Why? Why? Why would he bat if he uh, if he was dealing with with some big issue? I don't know. I well, didn't he hurt at batting? Oh, did I? I didn't know that he heard it back. I thought it, I was just surprised that he batted, and I was oh, like, I, I just, I, I think I it's thought, innings management anyway. It could, it could be. I mean, they've, they've, they've said they're going to manage people's innings, uh, exactly. Innings, uh, they've, you know, pulled guys after three innings, uh, you know, without any warning. Uh, this is a little bit of the kind of end of season jankiness that we thought we'd see from a number of clubs. Yeah, that we haven't necessarily seen from a number of clubs yet. Uh, but this was one of the teams that was f- mm-hmm. out front saying what they were going to do, and we're seeing it. Yeah, like he did come out after batting, which I guess you could make that link, but I didn't see anything that said that he directly heard it batting. So I kind of saw it like, yeah, they're going to go ahead and shut it down because he wasn't pitching that well in that game either. So I thought they were just going to take, take a few innings off or take a few starts off. I, I still see it mostly as innings management. I, I don't, I'm not overly concerned by the injury. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, my biggest concern is how much are they going to let him pitch rest of the way? Like, yeah, he's going to take I mean, that's... 10 days off. Are they going to, you know, I mean, he would be kind of one of the perfect candidates to move into the bullpen for the playoffs anyways. So, like, is he a guy that they decide, hey, you're going to become a three-inning guy 
rest of the way. We want to keep you fresh. We don't want to overload your innings. And you're not going to be part of the rotation for the playoffs to begin with. Are you cutting Freddie Peralta? Or do you just got to ride no, it out no matter? I, I think you got I think you got to ride it out until at least we see something. We, you know, hopefully, you know, the, the Brewers have been, like you said, kind of really upfront and honest about what they're doing. So hopefully that continues. Yeah, I think I think you have to hold too. Like obviously, I, I I totally get that. I just I wonder. I think we'll see some proactive moves. I think some people will cut him, trying to like I got to get a body in there, and I can't worry about it. Probably like probably too good to cut though. Uh, with 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 Frank Paul. but Jacob Degrom was cut. People being proactive there now. Obviously, that had more of a timetable. I think timetable is is the real issue here. If they're like, oh, he's gonna be back after after the ten days, then we'll kind of see what's what. But I, I do kind of wonder if uh, if maybe some people might might see an opportunity here to be like, yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and get another arm and not not look back as far as Peralta goes. Because like you said, how many more innings is he gonna pitch this year? Yeah, I mean, if he, if he's gonna be out for the next ten days, we're talking about. You know, he's going to be out for the rest of August. Uh, then, you know, he might get what, four starts in September if they're all three innings. That's that's 12 innings. Like, how much does that really move the needle when you could get, you know, mm-hmm. a two-start, six-inning guy to do that? So I, I, I completely understand dropping him uh, if you feel like that's kind of the outcome. But like I said, I would wait for the timetable. Yeah, I think I think you really want to do that uh, at, at the very least there mm-hmm. with regards to Freddie Peralta. But you could be looking at a situation where he gets, you know, just over double digit innings somewhere in like the uh, the ten to fourteen range, and then you can balance it out. Is there a guy on on your wire in a ten and twelve teamer that might be worth getting, even though they're not Freddie Peralta, but they're going to get you thirty more innings versus a smaller amount for him because i don't see any way regardless of what the timetable is i don't see any way where he, where freddie peralta pitches all of september yeah I, th- I think they need more than 10 days here to make a real impact on his innings and have him ready for october agreed all right chris bassett awful situation hit, hit by a batted ball uh very scary all reports indicate that as far as something as horrendous as this he got on the good end of it in terms of the injuries and and everything as good as it can ever be, right? Because it's always so scary. Uh, fractured cheek and jaw. You know, I I, I almost kind of hate when they talk about, you know, inches away from th- from this, that, and the other. It's like, yeah, okay, let's not focus on, on that kind of, you know, super scary aspect. Like if it had been four inches over, he would have, you know, cratered his eye or something. It's like, I, I don't know that I need those, uh, those visuals. I'm just glad that it looks like he's okay. Uh, his vision is in check. He was, you know, feeling better as well as you could after such an issue. Obviously, goes right to the IL. As far as fantasy goes, because you know he is getting the surgery uh, for the fractured cheekbone and jaw and everything. I know fantasy is not the top priority here. We are a fantasy show, though, so we're going to talk about the fantasy implications. Are you cutting Chris Bassett now? You have to. They said it's going to be at least six weeks. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I didn't see that there was a full timetable. So yeah, yeah there's yeah. no there's no sense then. He might be back for the playoffs at that mm-hmm. point. Then would be the best case scenario. Yeah, Brilliant I, season. Uh, let's spin it forward then. Where what are you looking at Bassett for next year? Let's assume he comes back for playoffs. Everything's okay. Just because obviously, if he's not, that will muddy the picture in a totally different degree. So for this standpoint, comes back in the playoffs. You know, and he's regular Chris Bassett. He doesn't do anything particularly special, but he's certainly not um, terrible either. What are you looking at him for next year? What is he a top 25 arm for you? Well, let me ask you this question. Where do you think he is in terms of starting pitcher on the player Raider? 322 ERA, 105 whip, 154 strikeouts in 151 innings, 12 dubs. I'm going to say eighth. He's 11th. Ah, dang it. Close. So, yeah, I think he's a top 25 guy. Um, I, or, I mean, at least close. I mean, well, top add in, for sure. Add in last year was excellent, 11 more mm-hmm. starts. And even 2019, while not um, 
not quite as good. A 381, 119 whip for 144 innings is pretty darn good too. So you add it all up and you're looking at 358 innings of a 329, 113 for Bassett with just under a strikeout per inning. That's 350 Ks in those 358 innings over the last three seasons. He is 33, but I mean, I think Oakland's really found something here. Uh, you love the home park. I just, I believe in a lot of what he's doing and he's not some, you know, 6.5 strikeout per nine type of guy. This isn't like Miles Michaelis. And I think there's a little bit of a perception that he is kind of like that. And I don't think that's the case for Bassett. So I think maybe people who feel that way will reassess this winter and be like, oh, I kind of had him, you know, pigeonholed a little improperly here. Bassett's much better than that. Or maybe they don't, and they ignore him, and then that's more for us because I like Bassett, and I'll be open to drafting him. I don't think you have to pay top 11 prices. That's kind of the beauty of him. I think you can pay closer to the uh, 25 to 30 range uh, when it comes to buying him at the draft table next year, and I think I will be interested in doing that. Yeah, I agree. I I think he's going to probably go outside of the top 30, and I I don't think that is correct. Interesting situation here with Nick Senzel. Remember we talked about how he was activated and then optioned to AAA. His option has been reversed, and he's going back on the Major League IL. Um, He's going to Arizona to continue rehabbing instead because he still has uh, pain in his knee, and now there's no timetable. This strikes me as an easy cut now. Yeah, and this is exactly what we talked about the other day, right? You know, we said, like, all right, I made the comment that, like they said, that like he had to change his mechanics to his swing, and maybe that means that he's probably still having pain. Well, apparently it does mean he's still having pain because uh, you don't change your mechanics midseason like that uh, unless you are having real issues at the plate, you've got injuries, or you're Cody Bellinger. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, this this makes a lot of sense. My question is, like, I mean, obviously he's a cut for this year, but, like, is it time to just stop drafting Nick Senzel until he proves something? Yeah, unless it's just like aggressively cheap. Mm-hmm. It's got to be, right? And and I mean, I don't know that he will be, though. There's still people that are going to be interested and be like, oh, Nick Senzel, I got to take a shot. So what are we talking? A round that starts with a two? Oh, yeah. I think at least. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how you can uh, draft him in any other place uh, at this point. I mean, Let's see. I'm pulling up what his ADP was for uh, for this year, if my my work computer will allow me to. Um, but let's see. Senzel was going. He, Senzel was going uh, pick two forty this year. And in, in in the main? No, just uh, just in general. I oh, okay. Like, I, That's I like around sixteen, seventeen, and a fifteen teamer, and then uh, you know just just around round twenty there in 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 a twelve teamer. Oh, wow. He going up huge in the mains. He was going pick 146. See, I bet that was when you know spring training was happening. He was he was being viewed as the guy there in Cincy. Um, yeah, there, there was a lot of hype there. And I think those early numbers were built off the very early drafts where he was uh, pretty cheap, Senzel was. So I'm not surprised to hear that that it was much higher. I didn't think it was quite that high in the main, but yeah, I remember him being kind of a kind of a chic pick, man. And listen, I, I've been interested in him too. I, I really liked Nick Senzel. I ended up not getting him in the main because of that high price tag, but I remember being kind of bummed about it. But he had a big spring. Remember, he hit 333 with a 961 OPS, couple homers and a steal. Um, and I think that was all the all the encouragement folks needed to be like, yo, I'm in on him. By the way. Not, I'm not saying this one-off proves, you know, anything, uh, but I think we've seen in recent years that uh, there are some spring training numbers that you can take some some value from in terms of, you know, how how, how much are they slugging uh, over their career norms. Jonathan India had three homers and a 10.45 OPS um, in in spring. He he'd been a big part of that spring training, and I, I wonder if people should have changed their tune a little bit quicker. Uh, based on that, especially because he had pedigree. But I don't mean to derail into an India conversation. I just pulled up their spring numbers and for, to find Senzel's and saw how well India played and uh, was kind of intrigued by that. Uh, but, yeah, with Senzel, I'm with you. I, I think 
I think mid twenties round at this point too. Like I, I, yeah. I don't know that like pick two forty is enough for me in a twelve teamer, three hundred in a uh, in a fifteen teamer. I'm just like, what what has he done? Because even when he's played in the majors, Senzel's not been an above average player or even an average player. Yeah, he's had some power and some speed, but it's been with sub sub one hundred uh, OPS pluses and WRC pluses, seventy seven. OPS plus and 616 plate appearances, 15 homers, 18 steals. That's basically a season uh, where he was remarkably below average with his slash line, 15 homers, 18 steals in 29 attempts. He's going to be 27. Yeah, I'm out on Senzel, man. If he had a different name, no shot he would go as high as he goes. Yeah, no, no. I think people are still remembering the pedigree. I think they're remembering 2019 when he had the 12 home runs and 14 stolen bases in uh, – uh, in just what 104 games, but I mean, he can't stay on the field. I mean, he he hasn't yeah. played more. I mean, this is the most amount of games he has played since what? Since 20 since that 2019. So I mean, it's 36 games in the majors, 10 games in the minors. Like he just can't stay on the field. I I can't trust someone like that. Yep, I, I think that's I think that's totally fair. Um, all right, let's. Continue moving here and talk about uh, Mookie Betts. Got an update on his hip situation. And it's currently pain-free after a cortisone shot. And he should be activated relatively soon. It seems like this situation here with Betts's hip is just what can he endure? If he can take the pain, then he can play. Obviously, with the cortisone shot, it's going to make it easier. It wasn't affecting his performance. I think he was like I think he ripped two homers the day before he went on the IL. Like he was playing well, but it's a matter of how much can he take. Remember, they played him at second a little bit to try to alleviate some of the pressure. I don't necessarily know how second base would alleviate hip usage any more than right field. I I, I don't know. I guess they're just trying things, uh, which hey, I, I, I get it. You want to get Mookie Betts back out there, but I I, I don't know that that changes anything but yeah in the little five game sample he played before going right back on the il three homers 1244 ops so it might have been hurting him but it was not hurting him at the dish if, if, if you catch my drift there mookie's a god obviously uh want him back asap no no real question tied to that but let's spin it forward again next for next year with mookie top five pick for you again next year i don't think he's top five uh-huh. um yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, he he he's still Mookie Betts, but is, is Trout? No, I don't think Trout is either. I think I think you're I think you're, really I think your top five is Tatis, Otani, Acuna, depending on how he comes back. See, but why is Acuna when those other two aren't just based on youth? I mean, he had a much worse injury. Yeah, I mean, he, you know what his injury, uh, you know, if if he if he's coming back from it, but I mean, he just the power, the speed. Uh, I mean, he had twenty four home runs, seventeen stolen bases in half a season. For sure, no, excellent. I mean, to- just, totally elite player. I just, uh, and I'm not saying to take those two over uh, Betts and Trout over Acuna, but I don't know. I don't. I just don't have them too far from that. Well, what's the rest of your top five there? Uh, okay, so let's see. Uh, Otani, Tatis, Acuna. I think Vlad, I think, is in that discussion. Turner. I think you could put Bichette in that discussion. Bichette did what I like. I I, I questioned his running this year. Mm-hmm. And I stand I stand by the, the thought process behind it. Doesn't mean I'm not taking a fat L. I absolutely am. He's, eight, yeah. he's 18 for eight. Shut up for a second. <laughs> he's 18 for 18. <laughs> So he's awesome, but he was eight for 13 in the majors before that. I, I completely stand by questioning it. Like, are, are we getting an actual running uh, uh, player here? He dominated, though. He's 20 and 18 on the year. Like I said, 18 for 18. That's fantastic. Um, top five, though? I think he's in the conversation. And then you have to put in, like, what pitchers are you going to throw into the conversation? That's so, the thing. I don't, I don't know if anyone's putting pitchers this year or for uh, next year already. I I, sh- I I believe there will be a pitcher in that top five discussion. Who? Whether it's going to be Cole or DeGrom. You know, I mean, obviously for DeGrom, it depends on his health. 
think Walker Bueller could be in that discussion. Um, so yeah, I mean, I so I think that's I mean, really it, though. I don't think anybody's going to put a Milwaukee pitcher in the top five. I don't or yeah. Zach Wheeler. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, here's the thing. For me, it's I think there are there's a top two, like right. It I think it's Tyson Otani, and then yeah. I think you start kind of taking your favorite guy. And, and I, I still have people, bets and, yeah. and trout up there. Yeah. I, for I, I, some I'm, people it will be bets and trout. For some people it's gonna be uh you know, for me it'll probably be Turner. Um, you know, I'm a Turner dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean I love Turner as well. I was right right there next to you uh, agreeing with uh that top eight pick. He's he's incredible and you know he's gonna be a Dodger again next year. That's awesome. So I think I can I think I can get him there, but I'm I'm getting bets there too. Um for sure. Cause like, I don't know. I, I'm looking at Turner's numbers. They, they are great. I do. I do think he should be above those guys. Cause he's a little bit younger and he's got the NL most 24 stolen bases NL high three twenty average. <clears throat> Excuse me. The power's nice. The runs should be through the roof next year with a full year in LA, but with bets, especially, I, I just, I don't have him too far behind trout is uh well no never mind he's the same age trout's not running though and i think that's the one thing that pulls people back which i get but only to a degree because everything else he does is super elite still i mean he hit 333 this year had eight homers in 36 games like he was still on on his way to another brilliant season but he's played 36 games you know the other thing i want to kind of mention with turner is that he's been playing second base is he going to get enough? Seager. Is he going to get 20? I mean, he is in... in oh, yeah, the, he has 10. Yeah. yeah, he's got 10 in his last 11 games. He's, get, he's, so. getting, he's getting 10 more, for sure. So second... That's actually huge. The shortstop is market... Sorry, I'm steamrolling your point. You go yeah. ahead. I'm so sorry. Yeah, go. I was just going to say, second base is so much shallower. Like, I think you make the argument that Turner couldn't go one. It's not... Uh, yeah, I, was, oh, I thought you were going to say the argument that he's better at second. I was going to say, that's not even an argument. That's a stone-cold lock. I agree with you that... You can push him higher because of that shortstop markedly deeper. Adding that second base really impacts uh, Turner's Turner's viability there. That's that's huge. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be big on Turner next year. He, he's at least the top three pick and and maybe a, maybe the number one overall pick. He was your game plan for this year. He was. Uh, you know, you you purposely put your your KDS to be in an area that would push a little bit toward the middle of the draft, but still keep him Trey Turner on the forefront of what you wanted, which I, uh, I thought was great. Um, all right, let's continue on here. Alex Bregman is in stasis right now. He's out with the quad and hammy issues, but he hasn't played a rehab game since August 7th. And we don't have, we don't have any info on what's like Baker said, I don't have an update. So if the manager doesn't have an update, what the hell are we supposed to do? Drop him. You think you think it's time? Yeah, I think it is. You don't want to get a timetable with him, <laughs> or are we going to get one if the manager doesn't know the time? I, listen, I'm not. I'm only pushing back to like talk the conversation. I'm not on yeah. the other side of this. I promise. I mean, the general manager a few days ago said that they don't even know when he's going to resume his rehab assignment. Like he's shut down. That, that's that's his, that that's his status right now. He's he's not playing baseball. And he was on a rehab, so this mm-hmm. like something's happened. Yeah, they're being so secretive. They're they're getting, you know, they're getting patriots patriots esque in that they're hated. Now they're hiding everything with regards to. <laughs> I, I, it's one thing, and I say hiding everything. I'm, I took it a little too far there. They're hiding everything. They never give out any news ever. Okay, I go a little and, too far. I mean, can I ask the question? And I know you're gonna you're gonna push back on this one. Was is he a difference maker the rest of the way? Even if he was going to play like all of September, I don't think he is. Let's define difference maker a little bit because I don't think I fully disagree with you. Um, like six home runs, two seventy, two eighty doesn't push the needle as like to wait for it. Like that. Like, well, w- would you even get? Is that is that what the projection was? No, I mean that's what I'm just like. Well, because he had seven homers in fifty nine games. Bregman did. Yeah, so uh, he'd have to double his home run total in thirty more games if he came back on September first. Yeah, the projection systems have him for thirty-two more games, six home runs, anywhere from a two hundred and sixty to two hundred and eighty average. Um, I mean, I, I do think 
with like a 280. Fine, but the but Astros you're not guaranteed for him to play 30 games. Like I don't think there's any way he plays 30 games the rest of the way. Well, not not with this situation. Yeah. So like, I, I and I don't even fine. know that the six homers would be a stone cold lock. So they have they have uh, 121 games played. So they got 41 left in the bag. So yeah, let's put him at September 1st. You're getting about 30 games there, and but that's that's if things like he has 11 days to kind of get going, probably get back into the rehab for Bregman. Ah, I, I I think I think you can cut here, and, and I understand your point about like what what are we waiting for anyway? I think that's what because he, he doesn't run at all. I think people some it's a smaller group, but some still have a perception that he he chips in some speed. He doesn't. He had five in the 41 homer season of 2019. None last year, one this year. Shortened samples, but like he doesn't run. Bregman doesn't. So you're looking yeah, at, at that that doesn't even include like being caught stolen uh, or being caught stealing. Like he's had one attempt in the last two seasons. And he wouldn't run. You know, you, you wouldn't think that he would run coming back off of the injuries that he has, too. Absolutely, especially if he's struggling to get back. So yeah, I think uh, I think that's that, that's a really interesting call. I, I think uh, yeah, go ahead and cut him. It, it's time. I think it's time to cut Bregman. I'm I'm with that. I think I bet some people already have. I'm sure they have. If they haven't, they will be after this news or lack of news. Dang. All right. Well, that's Bregman. Uh, J- Justin and I are out. Uh, Eric Haas goes to the IL with the right ab strain, which cuts into his amazing breakout season. This is kind of a bummer because I, I we don't have a timetable yet, so I guess you can you can try to hang on for that. But 19 homers, 239 average, uh, two steals. He'd been playing really well, but I have a tough time holding three catchers. Like I think Real Muto and 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 maybe Grandal would be the the only c- couple guys, or maybe Sal Perez that I can go three catchers with, with Eric Haas. I think as great as he's been, I think I'm cutting him even without a timetable. Even if I don't get one by Sunday, I think I'm cutting him. Cause I, I don't know, man. I just don't know that I can hold a third catcher. Yeah. I understand that. I, I would try uh, because he, you know, he's a, he's a catcher that plays pretty close to every day. Yeah. Uh, Cause he, he plays on the outfield. Um, and that he that has a ton of value, Absolutely. especially in, in your two catcher formats with how bad catcher has been this year. Uh, that being said, like I understand people not wanting to roster multiple catchers, and if you uh, and if you are uh, you know already hurt a lot by injuries, it, it's really difficult to do that. So like I, I totally get kind of dropping him. Uh, this is the problem though when you have abs, they get hurt. I don't have abs. Get rid of abs. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean. This has been my strategy all along. It's how I've you know produced so much content over. That's the smart. Years. It's because I don't have abs. That's smart. You, you guys like David Mendelssohn with your abs. Uh, you know this. This it doesn't have long term sustainability. Yeah, have fun with that. Mm-hmm. You, you clearly didn't listen to six zero one zero about hustling. Nope. You're out there working out and trying to have a good body. Idiot, dude. Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, listen, if you want to try to get a timetable on that, kind of see where Haas is at, I get that. Um, I mean, don't cut him if you have no need to. If you've been injury lucky and you have no uh, red suitcases, which aren't red suitcases anymore, unfortunately, much to the chagrin of Justin and I. Um, But if you you don't have any uh, of those injuries that you're holding – then you would have the luxury to, to hang on to Haas. But I'm talking about most teams which are going to have, you know, one to three injury guys already that they're kind of hanging on to and f- finagling around. I don't know that Eric Haas uh, is a high enough priority to to keep with those guys and roster a third catcher as good as he is because abs can be rough too um, in, in terms of, of how long they can take with the, with the strain there. They can affect him when he gets back too for Eric Haas. So – in most situations, I'm looking to move him this week for for another catcher. Agreed. All right, moving on here, we've got uh, Dylan Carlson to finish up news. Could return from his wrist on Tuesday. I think I read something, and I couldn't find it this morning, so maybe I dreamt it. And so I, I'm, I'm going to say this tentatively, but I believe he was hiding the wrist injury from the cards for a bit 
and I don't remember where I saw it. And then I went to look for it today and I could not find it. Did you hear anything about that? Or am I making I, this up? I think you're making it up. But Let's, I mean, let me check Twitter. Twitter search can sometimes be useful. No. Uh, I swear I saw that. Okay, well, let's not operate under that then because uh, I just make things up in my sleep about people hiding injuries. I'm a moron. I don't know. But uh, with Dylan Carlson, okay, comes back uh, later this week or early next week. That'd be great. He's been above average this year with a 111 OPS plus 261 average, 12 homers, two steals. The two steals are kind of a bummer. Those two have come very recently. Uh, th I thought speed was supposed to be a bigger part of his game. He hasn't been bad by any stretch, but he also hasn't been as good as someone like myself thought. I was very big on him. Uh, you are not. Let's say he keeps his trajectory when he comes back and continues to be a bit above average, but kind of ho-hum, scoring some runs, driving in some runs, few homers, nothing, nothing too crazy. Where are you looking at Dylan Carlson for next year? Do you think he builds on this season and then into 2022 you like him? I mean, he'll be 23. Where, where are you going to stand on him if he just kind of keeps the status quo for another 30 games this year? I mean, kind of is who I thought he was, um, except for less speed, which is disappointing. That, that's that's the biggest bummer. I mean, if he was if, if he was 12-12 in 112 games, I think we'd feel a lot better about his prospects moving forward. But, I mean, this is, you know, maybe like a 20-homer, five-stolen base, 260, 270 bat. That's just not that interesting. Um, I mean, it has value. Uh, and I think the nice thing is coming into next year, he'll have a locked-in job, playing every day, you know, won't have to worry about, you know, sharing the role at any point. Uh, but that being said – and while there can obviously be growth, like I don't, I don't see him as like a star or like even a top ten round pick in fantasy. Um, I think he's a kind of an accumulator glue guy that you know at the end of the year you're going to look at his line and go, hey, you know what, that was pretty good. But no one's going to think like, oh, I won my league because I got Dylan Carlson in the twelfth. Shut up. I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> Okay. Listen, he was not as good as I thought this year. Definitely not. And a lot of it is that but he's he's also not a bust. So no, no, no. I, I, mean, I, I yeah, I don't feel like I got nothing. I'm fine with him and, and I've never felt like I should be taking him out of my lineup. But how much how much more would things change if he had um six to eight more steals right now? If he was at like an eight to ten mark, how much better? You know, I would obviously feel markedly better because I was a big Carlson guy. But how much would your outlook change on him with just a just a decent handful of more steals? I mean, that'd be huge. He'd, he'd be a guy that you could probably start looking at as a top five round pick. Right. Like, I mean, because, you know, if, if he was 12-10 right now, he'd be like, okay, on a full season, you know, with a little bit of growth, maybe he's a 20-20 guy at some point. Um, you know, maybe he's, you know, Andrew Benatendi-esque from early in his career. Um, but until we see him take off or the Cardinals let him take off a little bit more, uh, then because, I mean, he's he's two for two on the base pass. It's not like yeah. it's not like he's been caught or anything. But but that didn't come until, like, I, I swear the, they were within his last, like, 10 games, I believe, before he went on the IL for Carlson. Hmm. It, 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 like the first one, it, it took forever. I, I might yeah, have the ten game thing wrong, but I got to be close. No, no, right? no, no. You're right. You're right. It was in his last uh, last eleven games. So, like, that's the part I don't understand. Like, why did why did he not run until August? It may be a team construct thing. True. Like the team may be going, hey, you know, we don't want you to get thrown out on the base paths. So well, they're don't... stupid because he's. Yeah. Not a terrible runner. I don't think he's like, uh, you know, a God-based stealer, but I feel like he could have, you know, been decent. And selfishly, obviously, I wanted him to steal some bases for my fantasy team. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to deny that uh, I think as well. A, I think there's a lot of reasons to be kind of looking at him as a guy you want to target because I don't think people are going to, like, overspend on him. Uh, but, I mean, he, you know, hits the ball decently hard. 
Um, he is, you know, either leading off or second in the lineup pretty much every game since, let's see, April. Yeah. He had one game where, uh, oh, no, he was just a pinch hitter. So, yeah, he he is hit, he is hit first or second in every game since April 21st. Like, that, that's that huge. Is a huge amount of value on a team that still got a pretty nice top half of that lineup. See, and, and I, I think – and their lineup's – underperformed in St. Louis. I think that that has hurt Carlson as well mm-hmm. with like a run scored runs driven in situation. Um, I, listen, I'm going to be pretty much as gung ho on Carlson as I was coming into this year. I think perhaps at a cheaper price though, because I think there will be some reaction to what has otherwise been, you know, a, a solid, but unspectacular season. And I think that could lower the price on Carlson and I'm still going to be there pounding the drum to take him because I still think he can build on this. Even if I push the speed off to the side a little bit, there's still a lot to like in this season as a building block for a t- will be 23 years old next year player in Carlson. I mean, he reminds me a lot uh, like like what you were talking about with Mark Canna coming in the year. And that, that call was great. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I could see taking him inside the top 200 for sure. Uh, I just don't know that you're going to be super excited taking the, in the top 150. Yeah, I think it all comes down to price. And if there is like a turn and people start getting super excited about Carlson and pushing him up, there is a breaking point for me where I will I will peel back and say uh, he didn't do enough to be mm-hmm. pushing him, you know, through the roof in terms of of picking him. So I'm I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, that's the news. Let's move on to uh, in focus, and let's put let's put Joseph Votto in focus. I know you're not a big fan of his personality because you don't like good personalities or something. I, yeah, I, I, I don't never, like fun. Yeah, you don't like fun. Yeah, I've never understood that. It's been mm-hmm. it's been one of your worst takes in in a sea of awful takes. That one has <laughs> stood out as a lighthouse in the shit sea that is your takes. That's so mean. I love you. Um, He's been a god, though. 37, just this crazy rebirth uh, on a par with Posey. Doesn't have the uh, the same, not not excuse, but like reasoning of like, oh, I took a year off and I'm back reju- rejuvenated. His was different. He said, I just went, I'm going for power. Uh, what, what's going to happen if I go for power? And, uh, you know, he fractured his thumb in early May, and he had a 730, OP, th- th- excuse me, 730 OPS through that time. You know, unspectacular, finding his way back onto waiver wires where he was picked up. I don't blame anybody who cut him. Uh, like, I, I, you can kick yourself a little bit just because it's a bummer to see somebody pop off like that that you had on your team, but there is no shame in having cut him. Since returning, though, 306, 403, 642 with 22 home runs and 62 RBIs for Votto. And that would be, uh, and that's in, 273 plate appearances, 64 games, full season pace of 56 homers and 157 ribbies, just out of his mind. And he had that big run there where he was hitting like two homers a game, and he had, what was it here? It was nine homers in seven games. He hasn't slowed down from that. I mean, obviously he hasn't kept that exact pace, but he has another six homers in his last 18 games, which is still a 54-homer full season pace. He's been out of his mind. So I'm not going to ask you anything about this year, of course, because he's an everyday start right now. Votto is easy peasy. What about next year? Age 38. I don't think he's going to walk off into the sunset after this season. Although it'd be kind of a boss move, I don't want him to. Though I, I love him being in the game. So w- what are we doing with Votto next year, coming off of this brilliant season? Oh, that's a that's a tough question. Still has two uh, years left too, so there's no shot he's retiring. I mean, not no. that he's like some greedy Gus or anything, but I just I don't think he's going to leave fifty mil on the table. I mean, I think he's a top fifteen first baseman next year. I just okay. don't know. Like he's currently eighth on the player radar. And eighth overall at first base. Okay. Okay. So like, that, that makes more sense. Eighth overall would have been kind of wild. No, yeah. no speed to speak of Vlad Guerrero ahead of him. Freeman ahead of him. Olsen ahead of him. Muncie ahead of him. Uh, Goldschmidt, Cronenworth, Abreu. Those Goldschmidt's still ahead of him. Yep. Goldschmidt's number five on the player radar at first base. Oh, nine SBs. 
Yeah. Not, not that the rest of his stuff is bad either, but like, okay, he's he's been better than I thought. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't realize he really he really kind of jumped back on on track. So then you start having like all those guys deserve to be ahead of him, right? So uh, then you start having discussion of the guys going behind him. Like, are you gonna put him above Chris Bryant next year? I mean, depends on where Bryant ends up, but I'm I'm pretty sure no matter where Bryant goes, he's going to be ahead of Votto. Uh, Pete Alonzo, I think we're still putting Pete Alonzo ahead of him. Uh, Jared Walsh, we put I, I'm I'm putting Jared Walsh ahead of Votto. Yuli Gurriel, I think, is a conversation. Um, you know, where is CJ Cron? Where's Trey Mancini? Uh, you know, are, are we are we giving up on Rizzo? Uh, you know, are we giving up on DJ LeMahieu? Uh, like, you know, Andrew Vaughn is hot all of a sudden. Like, I, 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 I don't think you need to give up on Riz. I don't think it's a give up on Rizzo to, to want to take Votto ahead of him. I, don't, I think that's fair because, like, he hasn't, he just hasn't been that impressive. I mean, here's that, the thing Votto's going to be old. Well, Votto is yeah, old, 30, and Votto, he's going to be older next year. Uh, and people don't like old guys. Um, you know, true, and so I think that Vado will be underdrafted probably everywhere, um, and probably, uh, probably should get some more credit because, like, as much as yes, he has sold out for power, become more aggressive and less patient, like, that doesn't mean he's not walking, like, he's still walking in like a 12% clip, mm-hmm. um, and he's got a 373 on base percentage, like, he's still an elite bat you know, in terms of his, his plate approach. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think he's probably gonna be underrated. I think he's going to be a guy I'll target late in drafts. If I end up waiting on first base, which is seems deeper than it did coming into the season. Yeah. Some, some improved performances have definitely deepened the position of first base. Um, I mean, I, I think the, the key point that you hit on is the fact that he's 38. So Votto's just going to be cheaper. Like there's, there's just, there's just no doubt about it. Um, you said top 15 at the first, at first base, the 15th first baseman this past year, uh, which is not a perfect analog because obviously positions change, they fluctuate, but it was Joey, it was uh, Josh Bell, excuse me, who went pick 124 on average. Um, so that's inside the top 10 rounds. I don't think Votto will go that high though. Yeah, I, I think. I think the position is going to get pushed down. Even with the depth that you're, you're saying you like, you think it, it yeah, I think because pushes of things the, down a bit. Okay. Yeah, I, see, I, I see what you're saying. Of, yeah. Because of the depth, I think people are going to attack more outfielders, more second baseman, the, the, the positions that uh, more pitchers um, that, uh, yeah. Cause I can't imagine taking Votto inside the top 150. You're taking Bellinger inside the top 150. I don't know that I am, um, but I'm sure he will go inside of that. So uh, Bellinger, Hira, I'd say Moustakis as well, and Alec Bohm, and probably the aforementioned Josh Bell, we're all in the top 15. They'll probably leave the top 15. Mm-hmm. Chris Bryant, I don't know if he kept first base eligibility, but he'll go up. Um, Vaughn's going to be on every sleeper list, meaning he will not be a sleeper at all. Yep. Uh, what do you do with CJ Crone if he's not in Colorado, which he almost certainly won't be? Or no, they'll probably sign him to like a four-year deal because yeah, so yeah. I mean, the question is where he ends up. I mean, yeah, he's 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 always the guy that we go like he'll find a job somewhere, and then you're like, oh, that takes like forever yeah. for that to actually happen. Yeah, like you know, like he he got non-tender twice after what thirty home run seasons. Like just like everybody hates CJ Cron. It's um, it's bizarre. I I mean, like I get like his his skill set is replaceable and stuff like that, but he's still know, but like, like, all he does is hit. Like all yeah. he does is hit. Like I'm sorry, like you can't tell me there aren't you know twenty teams in Major League Baseball that can use a CJ Cron um, when all he does is hit. That's what uh, I'm saying, man. Uh, like it's but, so surprising that he just can't get any love after these quality uh, seasons. Chris Bryant is borderline to keep first base. He's got 12 games okay. first base. So some leagues that will already keep him mm-hmm. there, but 
M many others, the, the majority it will not. But he has not played first base as a giant, so it seems unlikely that. Um, um, well, especially with Belt and, Bell and Wade, Wade there. Yeah, yeah, I don't and, and Ruff. Um, oh yeah, Darren Ruff there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think he's going to keep uh, in, in leagues where you need twenty games. I don't think he'll keep it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that with regards to Bryant. But yeah, so with Votto, like I just think. You know, Wait, you're still Chris Bryant played one game at shortstop. Oh yeah, I'd heard about that. I, f I forget what the circumstances were. Um, a Cubs friend of mine was talking about it the other day. And interestingly enough, and I, I oh, it was a mid game switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, f I forget exactly exactly what happened, but it was it was an extenuating circumstance that that facilitated it. But it was kind of wild because there are leagues. Like my original home league was a you know it was AL only, but it was one game played in season got it for the next season or just no, you for got it, you, for oh yeah yeah, yeah. You, you got it for the rest of that season. yeah so i like, like that especially in deeper leagues because even though it can like i understand that some people are like oh but he's not a short time it's like in deeper leagues i especially like it because things get wild enough throwing a little extra um a little extra eligibility in there to to ease up a little bit on on crushing the waiver wire because of injuries and everything i'm okay with it I, yeah, I, I i quite like it to be honest i'm blanking on who it was but there was a player that i had i think this was like early 2000s it was it was like a stud third baseman um that uh was the, was the emergency catcher oh okay i thought team. you were gonna say shortstop because he, he he played short no both their catchers got injured um and and he had to play an inning like at catcher and like I had him at catcher in a two two catcher AL only league the rest of the way. That is, yeah, that I I love. See, I I love things like that. I, I again, I know it adds some interesting volatility, mm -hmm. and it's it's sort of luck based. But once you start getting, you said AL only. I mean, AL only on their face, even if you're doing ten teams, really freaking deep. So I like uh, having that one game eligibility in season only, not for the next year. You don't want to have Chris Bryan as a full season shortstop the following year. I think that's a little hokey, but in season, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's Votto. We're, we're probably going to be looking at him as late as he's going to go because he is going to go very late. Uh, I think both of you and I will be looking at him probably as a corner. I think you can mm -hmm. legitimately still draft him as a corner despite this amazing season because he's 38. And the fantasy community just won't push him up all that high. All right, Logan Gilbert in focus now. He started, he's had kind of like a, a, a three part season. Started slowly, had a 759 ERA through his first three starts, then put up a 249 over the next eight. But now I wonder if he's hitting a rookie wall. He has a 656 ERA in his last five. Now I'm only using ERA, which is not perfect. I, I fully grant that. And I will point out also that in this, in this quote unquote wall that I'm suggesting maybe he's hitting, um, his skills are still strong with a 20% strikeout minus walk ratio. Uh, that's really good. 26% strikeout, 26% uh, walk rate. So he's, he still had the skills there. Toronto ripped him. No shame in that. Great start against Texas. Beat up a little bit by Tampa Bay. They got him for four walks. So it was three runs, five innings. Uh, Texas did get to him. Five and five and two thirds, four runs, and then an early exit against Oakland as they ran up his pitch count. Two and two thirds, seventy-five pitches, three runs. So you know, there's there's still these aren't these aren't all duds, but the home run rate is something that certainly mm -hmm. stood out. He's allowed five in those five games when previously Gilbert had allowed five in his first eleven starts. So again, just a standard blip. Or rookie wall as as he hits the dog days here. Um, I think it's a little bit of uh, a rookie wall. I'm 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 a little concerned about it. I mean, not not that like it's going to necessarily carry over into next season. Like I think he's going to be a, a fun guy to target in drafts next year, and I, I'm kind of interested to see. He'll be Where on every he, breakout list. Yeah, obviously. Um, Some people will be picking him as a sigh for sure. Yeah, I mean, when he when he struggles with uh, fastball command is you know when he gives up the home runs, mm -hmm. um, and that that is uh, a little bit of an issue. But uh, I think he he's mm, yeah. So I mean that that worries me like a little bit. Rest of the way, like I'd be a little bit careful. I mean, obviously Toronto, like you said. 
there's no shame in, in in getting beat by Toronto. They're just they're such a good lineup. But you know, getting getting beat by you know Texas, uh, indefensible. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. I mean, it's a division uh, mate for for Gilbert. You see a guy this many times as a rookie. Mm-hmm. I think it's the it was third time that they, they've seen him three three times. He has a great start, a good start, and then getting hit a little bit five and two thirds four runs it wasn't even that bad it was a couple homers though yeah uh, what, what was it's the, the homers it's the homers that are you know and again it's you know it's about fastball command for him mm-hmm. like when, he, when he's not commanding fastball well he might he's going to give up a homer or two or three sometimes and uh and that's going to be disappointing but i think these are just kind of learning pains of a young pitcher and i'm not super worried about him going into next season uh, you know, maybe I pick and choose my spart- uh, starts a little bit more with him rest of the way. But the fact that Seattle's letting him go deep in the games uh, and apparently are, are just going to let him pitch, um, something that is a huge kind of, you know, check in the plus column because a lot of pitchers, we just talked about this with Milwaukee, aren't going to be doing that. And I think Seattle's going to let him go a little bit, which is great. Yeah, I, I kind of like how they've you know been been treating him and and you know loosening the reins on everything. Uh, Gilbert Gilbert's been a lot of fun to watch. Like I don't think anyone's cutting him. I'm, I would not suggest doing that. He is up to a 4.42 ERA for the year, but a 1.13 WHIP. And we talk about these guys a lot. Like Joe Musgrove was the poster boy here of of higher ERA, but a really good WHIP for whatever reason. We've talked about it multiple times. Those those guys don't get as much play as sub four ERA, but terrible whip, mm-hmm. and it, it's so weird to me. I, I, there's just some allure about ERA, but whip whip's just as important, right? I mean, it's just yeah. like it's, I, it's a category I, as well. And I uh, almost think it's more important because keeping runners off base is going to help you limit the those mm-hmm. runs eventually. And like I said, right now it's the home run rate that is hurting Gilbert when he's off, but he's 24. I, I like that they're kind of pushing him here, and obviously they're still on the fringes of contention. I wouldn't buckle here. Um, as far as next year goes, I, I, I'm reluctant to put you on a number because once you get beyond like the top 25, which I doubt you would be putting him in, it's uh, you know I'm not going to pin you down. I'm like, well, is he top 55, dude, or is he top 60? Like, I you know I don't it's in I don't, between. 50 and 52. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know uh, that we can have like a real good discussion about that. But um, I'm curious, do do you feel like you'll be targeting him um, if Logan Gilbert's price is, say, on the lower part uh, of the top 60 starters? So somewhere in that last 20. Yeah, but I think he's going to go higher than that. You think so? So he'll go top 40? I I I think he's going to go inside the top 50. Um, and oh. as much as like, I would like probably to right. target him, probably it, right. it, if you, if you said, Hey, would you like Logan Gilbert on your team next year? I would say yes. At but, what cost, sir? Yeah. I mean, how many innings are we expecting him to get next year? Like, are they going to really oh, let him? Yeah, I think so. He's 25. Like what, what are you holding back? They also run a six man rotation this year to protect so that they can take off the reins next they, year. I don't think they were doing that last year. That was, that was the two month season. What do you, you don't compare anything to last year. It doesn't matter for comparison's sake on anything. I think they might continue to run with it, buddy. I do. No uh, shot. Interesting. Okay. They don't have six guys worth starting. They do in the minor leagues. They start bringing some of those guys up. Well, we'll see how quickly Hancock and, and Kirby get here. But, uh, TA was a Tyler Anderson's a uh, rental, right? I believe so. Yeah. So Flexen, Kikuchi, Gonzalez, Gilbert is a four, and then you know we'll see like Sheffield and Dunn. Dunn, pretty decent numbers. Sheffield, Sheffield's a reliever. I, I, I think it's kind of. I, I think Dunn is too. Uh, probably so. Uh, yeah, I, I could be, I could be easily convinced to put both of them there. So they're not even running a six man right now. Yeah, it's because both. Yeah, because both Sheffield and Dunner. So I, I don't think they're running a six man next year. But either way, I, I don't think there's going to be any se- severe reins on Gilbert. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get an opportunity to push. If you, if you think he can go 180 next year, I yeah. think he's a top 50 starter. Okay, 
I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I guess I was just kind of hoping that he wouldn't be drafted quite that high, but obviously I should know better with a young, young arm. Yeah. People are going to go bananas, but you know, young arm with these kind of skills, like it's young arm with a really, really nice walk rate. I, I still think how out. he finishes is going to play a big role though. Yeah, for sure. If that um, ERA is still over four, people get a little weird about that. They shouldn't though. And I, I think I'm, I'm not disagreeing. Smart but. people are going to look at the FIP and the Sierra and go, you know, this is a guy who's throwing like a mid threes ERA next year with, you know, good strikeout numbers and a really nice whip. Um, and yeah, I'm talking myself into taking him higher. Like I'm going to lead the charge next year on this one. I don't blame you. Like I'm, I'm not anti-Gilbert. Again, I'm, I think I was just maybe wishful thinking that that he'd be cheaper. Mm-hmm. But uh, I should know better. Again, like I said, um, you know, young pitchers get pushed big time. So, um, yeah, don't be surprised, especially if Gilbert has like a baller September and pushes his ERA under four which is not impossible uh, 0.42 points off of his ERA. Like that, that would take a pretty good finish here. And, and there's still almost two weeks left in this month. So he's still going to have a decent runway to do that. Um, if this is just a rookie wall that he pushes through. So if that's the case and it's a, uh, you know, 380 ERA and a, and a 110 whip. Yeah. That's going to be sky high price. So We'll see how that goes with Logan Gilbert, but great season overall. I think it's been really impressive to watch his growth, and I, I think they're going to be more than fringe contenders next year because they're going to get more pitching, like you said, coming up through the minors, development in their hitting. Julio Rodriguez could join the outfield. Kelnick, I think, will uh, you know get comfortable. He's already starting to kind of turn yeah. things around a little. As soon bit. as we talked about him, he he's gotten hot. Yeah, as soon as we said cut him, he's yeah. like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. really. Cut, cut this and then he mm-hmm. punched us right in the face yeah. um but i'm glad I, I want him to be performing so I, I don't regret cutting him in the league i did he still has a 150 average on the season i'm not missing that much but if you watch seattle games you're seeing much better much better at bats from mm-hmm. Kelnick. like he's he's getting it more um with, with everything but anyway that's gilbert uh, with a little Kelnick thrown in do you have a waiver reco pickup for the week Mm. Anybody jumping out to you in the early goings of this uh, of this week? You know, let me uh, let me dig one up. Why don't you go first? Okay. By the way, I do want to say one thing. Um, he was not hurt at the time, and I think uh, we we figured out because I remember I mentioned that Patrick Sandoval was available in, in mm-hmm. my main, and I was like I was pretty surprised by that. And uh, a great player cut him too, Rob DiPietro. Turns out he's stacking saves, like just kind of at an all cost type of thing, which makes sense. But then Sandoval hurt to the IL. In fact, I should have put that on the list. I'm sorry about that. But yeah, on the IL now, obviously that makes that cut even even better uh, as far as that goes. So unfortunately, I will not be picking him up now or or be looking to do so. But as far as my recommendation, I'm going to go with the Cubs' Frank Schwindel. You familiar with what this guy's doing? I am not. So it, it's Rafael Ortega-esque, right down to the fact that he's a little bit older as well, 29 to Ortega's 30. Doesn't have a three-homer game, but has joined the Cubs, found a team where he can get a bunch of playing time, uh, was with Oakland earlier this year, didn't really do anything. He did hit a homer in his first game, You know, got his first major league homer, uh, but, but ended with like a 500 OPS with them in about, I don't know, 25 plate appearances tops. Goes to the Cubs on July 30th. Has been playing pretty much every day since. 390, 429, 729, uh, slash line with four homers, 15 ribbies, um, and eight runs in that time. That paces out to 38, 143, 76. I know paces. I don't say it to be like they're actually going to get these marks in a full season to give you the magnitude of how good it is. Because I don't think, personally, I don't have the uh, I don't have a good enough brain to hear four homers and 63 plate appearances and then be able to pace that out to 38 in my head. I know plenty of people who can, which, hey, you got a working brain. Good for you. I yeah. didn't. Um, so that's the only reason I say that. I, I'm not, I, I just want to be clear that I'm not suggesting, like, yo, dude, he's a 38 home run hitter next year, bro. 
clearly. He, I you, mean, I I just put him above Joey Votto. Th in my th okay, favorite. thank you. That was what I was trying. I was trying mm -hmm. to convince you to put Frank Swindell over Votto because he's going to hit 38 yaks next year, dude. Mm -hmm. No, I just want to highlight that uh, you know he's he's tearing the cover off the ball right now. Uh, he's only 10% rostered in OCs. That's 12 teamers at the NFBC. I think. These these Cubs that are popping off that have all this playing time, I think they need to be added. So Frank Schwindel is somebody I would be looking at this week. The only downside is he's first base, and you you talked earlier during the Votto convo about how that's gotten deeper, but that gives him corner and util as well. So there should be – I think this is one of our standard he belongs on a roster in, in most leagues, but it might not be your roster type of deal. You know how we talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, but, but I like uh, Frank Schwindel from Chicago. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Eliza Hernandez, who ah, came off the back. IL, uh, had a really good uh, first start uh, back from the IL. Uh, he's got another uh, good start coming up here. Uh, I mean, this was everybody's favorite kind of sleeper coming in the season. Oh, not mine, but. And uh, I came on board late. Um, I mean, my concern. Yeah, I mean, he pitched. Pitched well uh, in all three of his starts this year. You know, yeah, no, he has he has not been bad. But look what's still prevalent: the home runs. The home runs, yeah. And that's okay. why I wasn't as bought in as as the consensus. He's still giving up a home run in each of these three starts this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's just small sample, so kind of uh, gotta you know kind of let that kind of play itself out a little. He's a career one point nine. I was saying the home runs have continued, not that they're I, new. I understand. Okay. But he also was adding a third pitch. So um, he's never had worse, uh, better than a 1 5 homer 9. He has a home run problem, Justin. You have a home run problem. Probably would. Probably wouldn't give up a lot of yaks. Uh, for me, yeah, I, I just, I, I, in his first start back, he threw his change up 11% of the time. That's huge. That's right? the new pitch, right? To go with yeah. the fastball slider. So if he can continue to throw that at a double-digit rate, I think we've got something really, really interesting here. Um, and my hope is that the the addition of that might help keep the you know keep uh, batters off balance, ball in the yard. But that'd be nice. He has uh, he has control over command, right? This is one of those mm -hmm. perfect situations where you can yep. show the definition of the two in action because he doesn't walk anybody, but he gives up hella homers. So his command in the zone is a problem. Great swing and miss, though. We're talking about a 14% swinging strike rate the, the last two years combined. Now, that's only 48 innings, but that's still really good. And it was 12% in 82 innings back in 2019. So the swing and miss is there for Eliezer Hernandez. Can he curb the homers? There could be something really special there, if so. Yeah, I think I think there could be. So uh, uh, I'm hopeful, and I, but I think he's definitely worth picking up rest of the way. Yeah. Uh, especially in leagues where he was dropped or especially if he was dropped in any sort of keeper league, go ahead and grab him now to kind of get ahead of him for next year. Yeah. I like the pickup Reco for sure with Eliezer Hernandez. Um, shower leagues is where he's going to be mostly available. I think 15s, he's pretty much locked up 12s check your wire just to be sure. But uh, 10s, there should be some more, more availability for Eliezer Hernandez. And there is definitely upside, even with the home run concerns for him. All right, Justin, yeah. anything else here? No, I think that uh, that about does us for his. Uh, this I episode. think so. Well, I appreciate you making time whilst at work. You look you look sharp in your little collared shirt. Yeah, the beard's popping off. I, I you told me before stream or before pod that uh, you are being forced to have that beard. It's like uh, already a preemptive playoff beard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for during the even year dynasty of the Giants, I, uh, I I grew a playoff beard at the end of the All Star break um, until the Giants either eliminated or won the World Series, uh, and I forgot to uh, trim my beard before going on vacation. <laughs> So that was during the All Star break, which, which was like, during the All Star yep. break. Um, so Tough my scene. beard, my beard is now at the length it probably would be at the end of the season. Um, and this is a problem <laughs> because I'm gonna look homeless very, very quickly. <laughs> uh, and I mean, in, in 2020, it wasn't a big deal. One, the Giants weren't as good, uh, and two, I was really working from home a lot. But uh, true, yeah, true. This, this is gonna be. Um, if, if they're not eliminated by the time first pitch Arizona comes around, 
uh, you guys are going to get to see this beard in, in all its glory. Can't wait. Can't so. wait. They, they may not be, man. They're playing well, and they're still hanging on to first. You know, the uh, the Dodgers are creeping, but mm-hmm. they're, they're darn, darn near shooing to make the playoffs on some level. So that's been awesome to watch for the Giants. I know you're a geek because that's your club, but I've been impressed by them. And I, I, I Farhan, man, in Farhan, we trust. I, you know what? I'll be honest. I did not trust. I did not trust at all. Um, I don't think but, you're alone either. I, but I, I think, I think he's done enough to where he should, he should have earned the trust. Yeah, he should have. But like the way he was rebuilding, I was like, um, this is not how it's done. Like, I, I don't know what I they're agree. doing. Like, this yeah. Is, but somehow he has kept the team competitive while rebuilding and uh, done a really good job. Of That's been of, the impressive part. Is like that. Yeah. It's been it was it was like one foot in one foot out because of how old the team was. But then you look up and all of a sudden y'all had a good system, and he turned some of these older dudes that that y'all are always rostering into into something big. Like yeah. it's it's just been super impressive. It it really has. And so, hats off to uh, to what the Giants are doing. Yeah, I mean uh, I've been pleasantly surprised. I did not see it coming. Good luck to your boys. Uh, come. Come October, however they get in, and hopefully they get the division. I know that's what you're hoping for. Make the Dodgers work for it. They've got, and they bought that title when they got Cole Hamels anyway. So you know, yeah, exactly. I, I say make them work. <laughs> All right, Justin, great speaking with you. Get back to work. I will talk to you uh, early next week. Take it easy.